everybody, and welcome to an episode of Peer Review, a sub-series in the RxP podcast. My name is Tiffany, and I'm your host for this episode of Across the Spider-Verse. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Who across the Spider-Verse? And Matt. What's up? Are you saying that the type, the full title, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? Exactly, just like how it's oh, Marvel Spider-Man Two. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Tomato, tomato. So, y'all, the crew here are Marvel fans, some more than others. However, we also all love Spider-Man, and we we have a beautiful movie that came out in June of 2023 called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, part one of a two-part situation with Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse coming out next year in March, or March 2024, for everyone listening in the future, so you're not confused. Um, so I'm going to start the conversation going here. Do it. Oh, I do, I do need to tell everyone that this is a spoiler-filled review. All the spoilers are happening. We're going to talk about our emotions, about everything that happened in this movie, and we're talking about plot beats and everything. So here's your warning now. Go watch the movie, then come back and listen to this episode. Okay, we got that out of the way. So overall thoughts on this. Overall thoughts. Do I go? Dare dare I go first? Do it. I want you to go first. Here we go. It is June 2023 recording this video. It is the best movie I've seen this year. I've seen about 10 movies, I think, in 2023. Mm-hmm. Actually, nine. I've seen about nine movies. And it was just, it was so good. I had It had everything that I wanted. It had emotions. It had family. It had spider people. Like, it, was, it felt like a huge Spider-Verse. Um, I got to visit a lot of different locations beyond Miles Morales' homeworld. The art style was beautiful and captivating. You, I loved that you could see the each world having their own distinct art style. It really hit. And like I also very much loved all the nods and Easter eggs and, of course... The fact that this felt like a Spider-Gwen story or a ghost spider story. Gwen Stacy was a huge part of this movie and I was not expecting it and I'm not mad that it happened. I loved seeing that perspective. So for me, you know, huge props to this movie. Like I cannot wait for the sequel. Is anyone going to try to refute my love and hype for this movie? right now i'll understand if you're not the highest hype as me but if you're gonna say this is like thumbs down get out i want alex to go next all right this man this man here is like i don't i didn't like this movie that's what he's about to say i you know (laughs) tiffany mentioned beyond the spider-verse is coming out in march 2024 but i can't wait that long because i'm gonna go beyond her opinion of it and I'm going to say this is the best animated movie I've ever seen, period. I Dang. Oof. This does a lot in terms of, you know, and I'm specifically talking about animated movies because I think, you know, despite there being such classics, you know, obviously Shrek, the Shrek movies, <laughs> great movies. <laughs> yeah. Classic movies. A lot, of yeah. Pix- a lot of Pixar movies, including Cars, you know, the Cars trilogy, you know, the magnum opus of <laughs> Pixar. You always bring it back to Cars. I love Cars. We've been recording for, what, three years now? Or yes. Two years? How long has it been? Three years? Yeah. However long it's been, you've talked about Cars at least once or twice each I year. I love Cars, okay? I just have to represent <laughs> the, the minority of us that love cars and love Owen Wilson. He won the okay? Piston Cup. He did what in the cup? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a classic line. Yeah. Sorry, go on. But even despite, you know, my love of cars, you know, Shrek, the perennial classic, right? Eddie Murphy, Mike Myers. There's things that 
across the Spider-Verse does that I think only animated movies can do, and that is its right, its representation, its flexibility in visuals yes. in addition to the acting. And it's that the fact that Across the Spider-Verse has so many different themes, you know, not just from character backgrounds, but also inherent styles, right? Like all of these are animated in different ways, especially when we get to the part uh, in Spider-Man 29, 2099's world where we have like the basically spider hq with you know the almost infinite uh amount of spider men spider women spider you know every version of spider that can exist even uh peter parked car right making a cameo appearance and the fact that you can bring all these distinct styles and have them animated in their own ways but also despite the you know mess of visual you know cacophony if you will that it all comes together and gives a like very good message of saying you know we can still have a strong story we can still give you a very strong visual story as well not not just just through the acting but also the actual visuals you know obviously reflecting that and the fact that you know you never lose sight of what the story is about i think you would think with all of these different styles you know it's going to be hard to read you can't tell what's going on you're right the colors are flashing you know if you have epilepsy maybe there should be a warning in the front of the movie to warn people it's like be aware there's a lot of flashing colors a lot of flashing lights might induce something but despite all that it has a very heartwarming story that keeps you gripped the whole time and i think that's my biggest takeaway this is such an incredibly well-paced movie that I never felt it dragged at points, at least for me. And I think that's why I put it so high is that there was never a point where I could say like, oh, they could have skipped past this. Oh, they could have spent less time on this. I think it was, you know, appropriate length and they spent just the right amount of time on every part. Yeah, I think this is a great movie. I I just want to start with that. Like this, I, you know, I have been following with my, my goal this year, I've been rating, I've been ranking my movies. This is the best movie I have seen all year. I agree with Tiffany. I would give this a 9 out of 10. And I think that is a huge setback from what you both had said to me that you got. So I knew I was going to come in this a little bit more negative. Ten out Hear of me ten. out, though. Hear me out. Because I, I do think that this is a an amazing movie. 9 out of 10 to me is an amazing movie. I would recommend this to anyone. I would recommend this to my parents. I would recommend this to their parents if they were alive. Like, I would be recommending it to everyone. Peter's parents. Um, that I meet. Yeah. Um, Aunt May. You know? Yeah. Uncle Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Dep- you might depending be, on the universe. You're recommending it to our audience here at RXP yeah. Podcast. And, and, you know, not to spoil, I would recommend this to everyone listening. But I will say, um, I think the animation style next to none this this is honestly a step towards animation that i've never seen and i thought i saw it all after the first inside the spider-verse was it inside the spider-verse no it was just into into into, sorry so into the spider-verse i thought i saw it all i was like this is amazing i can't imagine this animation style getting even better it like ranted up to 11 and i was so exhausted at the end of this movie because there's so much on screen all the time and I loved it and my eyes were like feeding and just enjoyed every single moment with just my eyes. It was awesome. So, so good. Um, I thought that the new characters that they brought in, fantastic. I, I thought that, um, I know we'll probably talk about some of them. Yes. Um, Spider-Punk, awesome. Great character. Couldn't understand half the words he was saying. That's probably part of his persona. We'll move on. You know, we'll, we'll talk more about him later. Um, what I will say, though, I the one thing I do disagree with you guys on, I, one, I don't think it's a perfect movie. Um, and two, I don't anticipate this being my top movie of the year. Um, one, because I have a lot of anticipated movies still yet to go. Like we have Oppenheimer and Barbie as like a double feature in just like a couple weeks. And I'm... Yes. I'm not thinking Barbie's going to sneak into the number one spot, but I have a feeling that Oppenheimer might. Um, but with that, I, and this is, is kind of one of these things that I struggle with quite a bit when it comes to part ones of series. In this movie, I was a little bit worried that I would feel that this is a part one, and I did 
But like, I, I felt like at the end of this story, I was like, okay, why am I waiting until March? I should be watching March right now. Um, and with that, I feel like it was a huge, beefy movie for a part one. And I didn't really care for the pacing all that while. Like, I, I think the, the part with Miles Morales and his family, while heartwarming and stuff, I would have cut it. There, I would have cut some of it. The That's barbecue? just a personal preference. Yeah, hundred percent. There's there's parts that I would I would definitely find some fluff to cut. Um, and I think because it was a part one, they kept it in, and that's great. I just think it hurt it in the long run. Um, not I'm not saying like listen to me. It's still a nine out of ten, which is a really fantastic rating for me. Um, that's like really really good. It will be the best animated movie this year, and it will be in my top six towards the end of the year when we talk about our media outside of video games. I have a feeling. But just to play that other voice that's not super positive, I don't know if it's a perfect movie, but man, am I happy to watch it. Dang, you know, that barbecue gave us that wonderful quip. She looks like she's old enough to vote. Listen, this this movie had a lot of, like, one-liners and just, like, the the writing was phenomenal. I, I like laughed a lot. I cried a lot. It was very emotional for me. And I want to counter Matt's point about the pacing because for me, and I do understand the, I guess, syndrome of, as you said, right, it being a part one that maybe the ending doesn't come to a satisfying conclusion. But I think looking at the course of this movie and the, why I considered it well-paced is that it does such a good job of at least putting you right like as you know any linear storytelling is right it's a roller coaster you know you're going through this you're on a track you're going from point a to point b there's going to be ups and downs and right you're eventually going to reach the end and then you get off the ride but in this case right it's like we're not off the roller coaster just yet you know like we're we've gone through you know the massive buildup we've gone down like the massive spirals the loop-de-loops what have you but we're still on the ride because it's not done yet and on top of that we're just at like a plateau section and i feel like a lot of roller coasters have those built in right because they put you through so much in the first section that they need like a calm you know part where you just you level out and then it you know dips again then you start doing a few more sections before you reach the end and i feel like spider or across the spider verse did just that where we went through so much in this first part that we're at that calm point, right? And, you know, I would say, too, I'm not satisfied by the ending in some ways, right? Because it's not the end of the story, you know, just like you. I want to know how Miles and Gwen's and even Miguel's story ends, right? Like, after all this, like, all the spider, you know, men across every Spider-Verse out there. And, but despite that, you know, us reaching this calm point gives me that break, right? To be like, man, I went through so much, I need to process it. And now, you know, I have the time to do it. You know, would I would have liked to see it later this year? Of course. But, you know, maybe they're still working on Beyond the Spider-Verse. So, yes, give them all, give those animators all the time they need. You know, continue working on, continue polishing it. But I, pre- like, at least for me, I appreciate this comp point that we're at. The problem that I have with part ones and part twos, which I completely, I, I'm, I'm with you, Alex. Like, I think that we are on a wild ride and, like, Yes, cliffhangers, I'm not... Suck. Yes, I'm not hating on it just because it's a cliffhanger at the end, right? That, well, we just got this huge reveal, and then boom, you know, turn to credits. I, I think the biggest problem they have with part ones is that in a normal movie, in my mind, climax might happen somewhere between, like, the second quarter to the third quarter when, it, when you're looking just, like, straight as like a timeline of a movie of like when a huge climax will happen, maybe it'll dip down and then rise up for the final like huzzah. And the problem with part ones is that the climax always happens right at the end, right at the movie. And I I think that that Prowler reveal, which was awesome. Honestly, one of my highest moments of this movie was when he finds his uncle and they're like starting to put these little things in your mind of thinking, is this his world or is he somewhere else? He sees his uncle. Then they start talking about his hair and you're like, what 
what what's happening here? What's everything? And then when he thinks, oh, my uncle's the prowler in this world too, and it's not because this world doesn't have a Spider-Man and in this world that doesn't have a Spider-Man, um, Miles Morales becomes the prowler. Like that is a huge reveal and that's like such an awesome reveal and I loved it. I, I thought that was honestly one of my favorite moments. I was hyped in that in that seat. I was like, yes, like that is something I wasn't even thinking on my radar that he would run into a Miles Morales. That's not a good guy. Like we have our big bad of next, what I would presume would be the big bad of the third movie. The problem is, then it didn't let any room to breathe. It, it Then it was cut to chase, like boom, credits. In a normal movie, you would reveal that. It might settle a little bit. He might get out of that situation it's somewhat quickly. And then it's like, how do we then build our final ascent to face himself? Like, I, I just... I don't like how we as like a society, and I, I think a lot of this comes down to how do we make money? We make more movies. How do we make more movies? We expand every project into these bloated part ones, part twos, part threes, and I just don't like it. I think it, I think it really dilutes storytelling, in my opinion. So, would it have sit better with you if he like got out of that room, busted outside, and then looked at the landscape and seen like the other world? Because I feel like also that was kind of that would be kind of cliche, but I, you know, I don't know. Like, what's your thought on that? I almost like wish like it happened 15, 20, 30 minutes earlier. Mm. However, he's going to get out. And if he like limps out and he's like starting to realize like he maybe runs away from the prowler and his uncle and he gets away somehow and he's like standing on where he like maybe his school in this in this dimension and he's like this is not my world. How am I going to get back and then cut the credits? Like that just like, I need a little room to breathe with like this huge climactic, like earth shattering and story shattering truth that Miles Morales is potentially the protagonist and antagonist of the the third movie. Yeah. And like, which, oh man, it just like thinking about it though. Like, honestly, like I sound super negative and I I promise you I'm not super, I'm, super high on this movie um that moment is like giving me chills just thinking of like that prowler reveal honestly one of my favorites in the okay wait movie. real talk though for everyone like when did you guys figure out or like did you figure out that he was in the wrong place i didn't catch the fact that apparently the machine which by the way that machine is freaking terrifying the giant mm-hmm. robot spider that comes down and weaves a web around you to transport you back to your universe. Um, I didn't catch the fact that it was going to like World Forty Two. Like, did anyone see? I, I did not see that on the screen at all. But Alex told me he did. I saw it, but I, it didn't, didn't register my mind because I yeah. wasn't keeping mm-hmm. track of like the numbers. Like, which one is this Miles World Earth from? Well, I thought it was weird at the beginning of the movie. Like, they were like picking up the spider, and like it was very evident forty two was on the spider spider's itself. body. Yeah, and like so, how I, I actually watched Into the Spider Verse the night before, and I'm like, I don't remember it being like that dramatic. Of the like number forty two on that, and I was like, "That's weird that they're like really wanting to explain that." I was like, "Oh, maybe the multiverse, like you know how Marvel loves those random numbers." Yes, but it makes so sense, and they've been showing it this entire time, and it never registered, never registered. So I started getting the vibe. I'm like, "He's not at the right place. He is not at the right place." Even though the like the way that they were overlaying the different like like Miguel and Spider-Woman and Ben, like the weird emo Spider-Boy going into Miles's world and Gwen showing up, you know, like even they were overlaying, overlaying that very seamlessly. When he, when Miles was about to drum up the courage to tell his mom, I was like, he's not at the right place. Like I, like, cause they were kind of dragging out. Like I have something to tell you. I know that, you said to believe in me. And it wasn't even that comment. Like, what'd you do to your hair? Even though I that is literally mm-hmm. a giveaway. It was him just like kind of, oh, you know, you told me to figure out who I am. And I was like, God, this ain't it. This ain't it. And then she was like, who's Spider-Man? I was like, no. Like, I literally like clutched people around me. 
it was it was wild like it i started realizing when they each character kind of like the hair part i was like that's just such a weird thing like yeah he's had the same hair since the first movie pay attention oh, you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know just an absent mother yeah, yeah. that's right because she's a single mom alex she that's has to hustle for the family that's true that's true. Um, can I just say that the parent, like seeing a little bit more of the parents this time around was for me, I know like maybe the, some of the barbecue could have been cut a bit, but I really liked seeing them. And I'm not going to lie. I was terrified this entire movie that Miles's dad was going to die. Like, oh yeah. Like I was just waiting for it to happen. I mean, his dad will die. Just not in this movie. No, stop it. His like dad- maybe. You know, like, that's what they want us to think. It has right? to yeah. like, There has to be a canon event. Yeah. But, like, maybe not? Maybe not? I guess they... Because I... They, like, Miguel, like, I don't know. They do hint at that, and I want to bring this back to wrap up the point about, uh, you know, not having, I guess, enough breathing room with the, I guess, arc of Miles' story. Ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think part of that is because, right, a lot of this movie, and I would say it's probably more like 70-30 or maybe 60-40, is that this Gwen. is also Gwen's movie, right? Like, we start yeah. with her, we follow her journey, and, like, the end of her arc, right, is getting the crew together from the original, oh, you know, man. A, into yep. the Spider-Verse, plus, you know, some new additions. And mm-hmm. I feel like they wanted to, I guess, close that arc for her, and they did, right? Like, we resolved it. And in that case, too, right, part of her story is that her candidate event is kind of being avoided, Manipulated, right? yeah. Right, yeah. Like, her father was captain, and they said, like, typically when, like, you know, whoever's father becomes captain of the, uh, the police department, you know, they pass, right? Like, that's part of it. But in this case, right, they changed that fate just due to like her actions. Right. And so I think for her and her coming to that realization of what she decided to do and what she ended up doing was able to kind of change the course of her life and maybe not necessarily, you know, her candidate event could be something else, right? Like maybe there is one, but it's not necessarily her father dying that the same thing could, could be for miles where it's like not his father dying, but due to his actions, you know, something else might be the candidate, you know, and maybe in that case, I feel like the most pessimistic, interpretation is as they brought up a lot of the time and especially when they have the touching moment where they're hanging upside down is that you know Gwen's gonna pass in the third movie and like that'll be the canon Mm -hmm. event for Miles and so like I feel like there's a lot of implications there that they spent so much time on she brought it up to be like hey every universe I went to I see Gwen dies a lot and so maybe that's like she hopes that's not herself but that could be her four miles yeah it's like always so strange like because I, I feel like it's always a subject in different video games and different movies is like destiny mm-hmm. or fate yeah and i feel like it's always these movies where we think okay it has to be this or maybe it's this and then it's always some twisted like some they hired a lawyer to be like, okay, I want you to see this story and I want you to find a loophole <laughs> from yeah. this Miguel character. And then that's what's going to actually make it into the final cut. So I they could go so many ways. Because in my mind, I almost thought Miles' candid event would have been his uncle. You know, like mm-hmm. that was a like, pretty crazy way for him to die in the first movie um, that really like set him on the path of being Spider-Man. And so uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I... I, no one's safe. No one's safe. Not even Spider Noir. I I'm so glad he's back. So kind of so going glad. to that. Like, do you guys think they're gonna try to give us even more characters? Are we good? Are we Gucci? I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Because I want I want Spider Pig back. Spider Ham. Movie. Spider Ham. Oh, Spider Ham. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or yeah, John Sp- Mulaney. Spider Pig's in Family Guy, right? Um. <laughs> yeah. I I wonder. He's like, gonna appear too. John- That's canon. <laughs> that is that is canon um because john mulaney was in rehab like for the longest time and i wonder if that played into a role of why spider ham wasn't as big of a role okay in this movie so i, I don't know like he's he's in the little cast of characters that then i hope he does because man i forgot how much spider ham made 
the, the first, first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good. So good. I mean, they did use a voice quote of Spider-Ham slash John Mulaney, like, in near the end or at one point in the movie. So, like, there was that. And also, like, I really like Penny Parker and, mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah, not having Spider-Noir. Like, that was... I was like, where are they? But at the same time, mm-hmm. like, I'm okay with giving these new characters kind of an intro and then bringing them back. Because I'm not going to lie, you guys. It reminds me a la infinity war and endgame where how in like infinity war you like barely got like captain america or you know black widow kind of thing like it was like they took mostly center stage the second movie because they were like the only ones left so that's the kind of vibe i got when i was like Mm. watching this um yeah since like since we're good with all these characters like any high character highlights that you guys want to like shout out and give mad props to like i think let's just start off with spider punk like yes i think the the mvp of 100%. like new characters yes i love the vibe the art style amazing i i love the art style i love when he pulls off his mask and he, they're like protecting his identity yeah <laughs> just to reveal it at the end i like like or, you know, like later on. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. I, I laughed so hard at that little, like, that little joke. I just really enjoyed the vibe of Spider-Punk. I will say, I and I don't know, I was um, watching in an older theater, so I don't know if this was part of the problem. The sound mixing, I was having a hard time That's hearing some... slash understanding. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was the theater I was watching in. I'm excited to watch it at home just to see if it changes a little bit. Um, but I... I, I feel like there's some gold in there that I just completely missed. That's a shame. Because everything I listened to, it was amazing. Yeah, because like I saw some news articles saying that there were some theaters that, you know, they were like, please play it at this level or something and it's not working um, or not being shown appropriately because it's not, the sound settings aren't optimal. But I I understood most of what he was saying. Um, you know, it was a lot of like, yo, bruv, what up? You know, I don't know. Like, that's mm-hmm. like my terrible wow, what accent. what a great Cockney accent. Yeah, no, it wasn't Cockney though. Like, he didn't have a Cockney Spider accent. Spider-Punk, is that you? Yeah, exactly. Um, what, I, what I loved about Spider-Punk, number one, the fact that all along he was supporting Miles, the entire movie. He was like the only one that was on his side. Number two, when he was taking parts from the sanctum or like the spider den or whatever it's called i don't even know if it has a name but when he was taking parts and like making stuff i was like that's something important but like i didn't know what i didn't imagine that it was going to be his own version of like a teleporter which was really cool to see and then number three i when he took off his mask finally and Miles was just like, how are you even cooler like under the mask? Like I laughed so hard. I was like, like he does look freaking cool. Like the definition Mm -hmm. of punk. Uh, He was so great. Like it was almost a shame that we got so little of him in the second half. But hey, there's always a third movie. There's always a third movie. That's true. He's team Morales. You know, um, Alex, no opinions about Spider-Punk? I mean, I liked him, but honestly, I liked Miguel more. What? And and I say this because really, you know, what is, and you know, Miguel is not Spider-Man 2099. He is not a villain per se, but he is essentially the antagonist, right? Like, you know, pseudo antagonist. For he most is of the, the antagonist. Yeah, but he's not mm-hmm. really an antagonist. So he like plays the antagonist role, but he's not an antagonist, right? Like he's still a hero in a way. Okay. But I think it's because of the way and the reason I like him more, like he's my favorite new character they added because I really appreciate good, I guess, villains in that sense because really there's no point for any hero to exist unless there is like something to like challenge them. And I know in this case, right, like Obviously, we're just going to skip over the spot, even though the spot is like the the actual oh, antagonist. Yeah, he's that's the a real whole antagonist other... of the whole thing. We got to talk about the spot, but that's later. He's not but, my favorite character, though. Right, right, right. But I'm saying he's the real antagonist. So, like, Miguel is not an antagonist, especially in view of the spot. But uh, I really appreciate when they show, like, especially, like, right, he's an older character. He's wizened. 
he's gone through a lot more and you know maybe he's a little bit cuckoo maybe he's like too deep like into the web right because of you know having mapped it all out and seeing like i've traveled to so many different uh universes and i've seen so many th different things and i've come to this con conclusion right that these have to happen you know he's very by the books of like this is the only way to maintain order and a lot of that might be restricting in the in how he acts but also i appreciate that kind of tortured self because it goes to show right like not everyone can be happy you know not to say like everything needs to be dark and dreary i'm not you know a nihilist in that perspective but it shows, right, like, there are going to be the versions of Spider-Man that aren't just the hero, but, like, they're the hero with the pains, right? Like, you know, similar to one of Matt's favorite characters, like, Batman, right? Like, a lot of how they build that hero up is through his pains and faults. And I feel like that they do the same thing for Miguel to, like, show, right? Like, he tried to find a way to make himself happy, right? To, like, you know, find his family, like, find the universe where he ends up quote unquote not dying right and then he gets to live out with his family and then right everything unravels and he realizes oh it can't be right because it was in this case destiny for him to lose right to pass away especially in that world and so i like those perspectives because it shows the stakes as well right like they have to go through certain things like you can't have everything and i feel like that's really the main core of it right like especially with how miles you know follows gwen like through the portal and he's like Oh, you know, I just wanted to like continue to hang out with you, even though, like, <laughs> you just ran off in that. You know, a lot of yeah. this stems from like trying to like want to have everything for yourself, but then realizing, oh, it, sometimes it isn't like that, right? It's like things have to happen a certain way, and not everything has to be a hundred percent that way. But you know, you can't be selfish. I mean, Miguel. I think he's a good anti-hero. Like, I, yeah. I think if you can find a superhero has the best anti-heroes i think spider-man's top of the list like he, he's got people like morbius he's got venom he's got craven like these are all potentially not evil completely they have questionable antics that put them into the more antagonist over protagonist but at the end of the day like i think he is someone who has logic behind him i guess i he, i don't i didn't like him like I didn't and I think that's what the movie wanted me to do you know like yeah <laughs> I don't think that we were supposed to sympathize him too much or if they did I, I didn't like I was like this guy obviously has a to chip think on through his all these things yeah he has a chip yeah, on his like, shoulder but I think he was super effective and I think um oh gosh now I'm blanking on the actor who voices him Oscar who Isaac was, Oscar Isaac ah, gosh. phenomenal because I was because he's like in his own multiverse of wonderfulness because he's yes. like double dipping everywhere and it's all great and um he did an awesome job awesome awesome job um i i do think he will become more of an antagonist you can tell he is going to be a huge antagonist this, this next movie the rocker near the end of that mm -hmm. movie like oh just, yeah just in his eyes alone yeah um, he was about to like murder some preteens you yeah, know <laughs> exactly exactly um well, kind of going back to, like, the spot, can I just say the fact that they tied in this villain's origin story from the first movie? Like, Chef's Kiss. I, I kind of love that. I, I love it's the bagel guy. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love that it's the bagel guy. I love how he's, like, not... He can't be taken seriously. He's like, I lost my job. I lost my wife and kids. Like, yeah. he's like, this is so extra and i love it and he's just like why am i the villain of the week like you know he's like i'm just trying to do yes. my thing um and one of my favorite things that happened during that whole beginning interaction was also the fact that he brought up the whole fact or was it miles that said like why do people say atm machine like that's just yeah. a machine oh, machine yeah, yeah. and then they swing it they circle it back with freaking I don't even remember what his spider name is, but in um, Mumbatan, and he's just like, why do people say Chai Tea? Oh, Chai Tea. Yeah. It's just Tea Tea. Like, that was so fun. Like, when jokes, like, swing around like that and come full circle, like, it's just what, it took it over the edge for me. I was like, yo, this is so entertaining. This, this actually brings something else to mind. Runner-up 
for best new character <gasps> yes. spider-man india yes what's his name we gotta figure this out i, gotta I don't figure, know i gotta figure this out i just love that he's perfect and he lives a perfect yeah. life yes. and nothing goes wrong and he wakes up and he looks beautiful and he's like what do you mean i live the best life i like have a girlfriend and she's amazing and like it's just so funny and then they end up you know messing up his world but at least yeah. small details <laughs> And the fa- honestly, like one of the best parts too was the fact that um, uh, oh, his name is Pavitir Prabhakar, Spider Man India. So it is Spider Man India, okay. but like that was his like Peter Parker name. Um, but like I love the vibe of that world. Mm-hmm. Like borderline might have been the my art favorite. style. Yes, so beautiful, so beautiful. So I wanted good. to be there more. Yeah, and we were there for a little bit of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. guys, what? Okay think back to that moment what were you Mm -hmm. thinking when you saw that giant hole tear into their universe like i had no idea what to think like you know like did you guys Mm -hmm. think it was some ominous foreshadowing or were you like well this is what happens when the spot runs amok he creates another spot i thought it was just the spot yeah yeah i i don't know i i i don't know what how to feel about the spot bringing it back to the spot i love the origin story i love how he got darker Mm -hmm. and deeper and he sounded angrier and he sounded like a serial killer towards the end and he became like someone i actually was scared about like i think the spot you know the spot might kill people in this yeah you know soon um so i think them being able to actually get this character who i'm assuming the spot is probably from the comics potentially yeah i i'm assuming this is not just like a new thought and that it's now like center stage, like bravo, fantastic. I, I would never have thought. I thought he was a throwaway character at the beginning of this movie, and I was like, oh, here we go. Like, yeah, I don't even care about this. And then it, he became like the big bad. Who would have thought? Honestly, I, I didn't. Yeah, like we saw the vulture and then the spot, and we're like, okay, now it's Miguel's time to shine. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what we're gonna get. And on that note, oh. I I do want to see more villains. More villain, yes. No, because, we have enough characters. Because the fact we that we enough. only had the vulture and the spot in this goes to show, like in the first movie, right? We had so many more villains. Like I want those villains, not the same ones, but like more of the villains that come across. Like if we're gonna go crazy with the the multiverse, right? The Spider Verse. I want. I just want to see every like different versions of villains coming through. Like even if it's not like a major plot point, like them just handling them in addition to handling the spot. Like I could see the spot like summoning these villains across the universes and that being like part of them like having to deal with like all these different versions like colliding and like an epic battle. Like if anything, right? Like because it's called Beyond the Spider-Verse, it's definitely, you know, maybe we get Deadpool in this, who knows, you know, breaking the fourth mm-hmm. wall. But it's it's going to be the thing where I would like to see more because like, right, I am, all, you know, going back to Miguel, I like villains like I want to see more like I want to see the heroes being challenged. And yes, you know, not to say the spot isn't challenging enough, right, because he's obviously grown to this multi-universal threat uh, that he's not enough. But I do want to see like maybe him right being so powerful using the other villains as pawns basically like to do the fighting for him i would love 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 for more villains i i agree with that what? and i want them all different styles because that da vinci yes vulture, vulture. yeah was awesome was so cool like you know what go wild give me a 1990 1992 amazing spider-man cartoon rhino you know like yeah. the classic all gray suit and have him face off against Spider Noir or something. Like everybody facing off against a like classic villain out of their like core group. That would be amazing. Like, give me some electro, give me some shocker, you know? Go wild with these. Get like super creative. Have Lego. Like have a Lego. Oh my set god, come how out could of nowhere. I forget that that was Yeah. I I gasp. I wanna see it all. Like, like you know what? Bring me back the live action. Okay, uh, whoa. Anything. Well, this is like, where I was going to ask if they threw in live action footage uh, outside of those weird like thought bubbles that they had when they were like showing off the different universes. Like if they straight up brought up back Tobey Maguire 
and Tom Holland, like, would you be like, yeah, like, like fist pumping or would you be like come on is this like a happy feet situation where the penguins suddenly were involved with humans um i i think it would be really funny if they brought is it alfred molina who played yes. doc ock in spider-man 2 like yes. if they like if the spot brought him and he's like peter you know like his like classic thing yeah and then he's like oh like this one's friendly and he like pushes him back oh, you know God. and like brings out another doc ock yeah. like that type of game i don't want them fighting Okay. But, you know, get silly. You know, I just, I think that would be, honestly, they are super creative as a team. Keep going. I, I just want more. So, did you ever watch the Venom movies, Matt? Like, did you know that that was a Venom reference? So, were you like, no, I who didn't. is this Asian lady? Yeah, I had no idea. Okay. That was from Venom. Did you find out later? Or are you still? I found I... out later. Okay. Yeah. You were like, who is that It's person? canon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's... Venom is... Is canon to so the Sony universe. Bad. You know what? We're gonna say all this, and all who's gonna show up is just gonna be freaking Craven. The new Craven yeah. is gonna show up in this movie, and that's Wait, gonna be the only. But the Spider Man, Marvel Spider Man Two, Craven, right? Not Craven the Hunter Craven. No, I think it's gonna be Craven the Hunter Craven. Oh, that's unfortunate then. Yeah, what is his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson or something? He's probably gonna. I might have butchered that name. I'm sorry, audience. He but. like he. He looks the part. Oh, he, he looks awesome. He and does. honestly, that are new you, trailer just a side roll. Are it you looks gonna brutal, go? Are you gonna watch? But it, it looks like I'm gonna watch Dang. the rest of the Sony Universe just so I just so I can watch it. Like that, yeah, that movie looks like understand. Just like no. he has to go back to Venom. Morbin time is never no no. I you know I just I just I just want to do it. I just want to do it. I'm gonna be in such a Spider-Man mood this He's fall. Getting trapped That's in true. the web. <sighs> He's going yeah. into the Spider-Verse, if you will. Yeah. No, he's going beyond 100%. the Spider-Verse. Okay. Oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, any favorite quotes? Favorite quotes from the movie? Or like highlighted quotes? I've quoted this movie a lot. It's almost as if I've seen this movie like a thousand times. I haven't. How many times have you seen it? Just once? Well, just once. Okay. Got I'm going to buy I, the Blu-ray. I'm going to buy it. I'll say one because I, I can't have... I don't have too many that come to mind just yet because we've been saying a bunch of them yeah i loved when lego spider-man or lego peter parker like calls in and says like hey i think we have a problem and miguel's like thanks lego peter parker or lego spider-man you've always been my best man yeah. and like whatever that line is i butchered it but like whatever that line is i thought that was so funny just like in that little daily bugle lego yeah. set I so think good. I think the line was "You've always been one of the best of us" or something like <laughs> something it was some, like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Like that was pretty funny. And yeah, I don't remember the quotes, but the exchanges I liked the most were uh, after the rooftop barbecue and like Gwen leaves right, and then the dad leaves. The exchange between Miles <gasps> the mom and, his mom, and just like for ice in his game. Yeah, <laughs> just like that combination. And then Miles be like, no one says that, Mom. Like, no one says that anymore. And or then, ever. Or ever. And then the exchange between um, Peter and Miguel when they, like, Miles, like, the first leave when they first yeah. meet him and they're coming down. Oh, my God. And he and, says, he calls him Dio. Yeah, and that, like, combination. <laughs> like, those two interactions were the most memorable for me because it's that, like, it's the showing the juxtaposition between these characters and it just being hilarious with like, oh yeah, these people talk this way, but these people talk this other way. And it's just hilarious because it's like, do they understand each other? I mean, I guess, but there's some like, a little bit of cringe there, but it's still funny. Oh my God. Literally when he called him Dio and like said something like, yo, you know, I don't know, Dio. And then he's like, yeah, I speak Spanish. To Gwen, to like look cool. I was like, no! Because, like, it was so kind of cringe, especially since we learned, like, earlier that he got, he has, like, a C in Spanish or something, like, in the beginning of mm -hmm. it, which I thought was even more hilarious. He's like, yeah, I'm going to flex what I know. Um, but, yeah, Alex, those are great shout outs. Those are, those are pretty great. Um, a lot of emotions in one. Did anyone cry other than me? I cried. You didn't cry? I didn't. No. No? Okay. Alex. I think there was a strong moment. I know. Surprisingly, it was at the beginning when Gwen is leaving her dad. 
like at that moment like you see him like going through like you it's first person you know perspective going through the rubble with the gun yeah and he has a gun on her know like who it is and eventually he like tells her to freeze and to like and then he swaps over to you know the cops the miranda rights yeah you have yeah exactly of being like you have you know the right to remain silent like anything you say can and will be used against you like that exchange and Gwen just being like can't you like why do you have to be a cop right now like can't you just be my dad and like the eventual like build up to her you know spider woman coming down and Miguel coming down and Miguel giving her the like um bracelet like transporter and just that whole thing and her like looking back and like seeing him so like dejected and then being like tangled up right in the like net that Miguel like traps him in yeah it's like so heartbreaking because you could see you know based on the previous scenes at the very beginning that they obviously care for each other but then like them splitting up like that like that got me like that like not brought me to tears but like i was on the brink there was humidity in like one eye yeah yeah. i was like man like like did someone open up the seal like what's going on (laughs) yeah yeah there were like the parent the parental and child interactions just always get me always and except for in the flash surprisingly i did that was like i didn't i was dry as a bone in the flash but that movie was kind of a wild ride but it's more of a comedy yeah i I think that that might have been what it was for me but in spider-verse it was just a lot of emotions and i was just tearing up a lot like not full-on cry like a (gasps) kind of thing which is you know i've done it before in in a movie theater but yeah i just you know felt all the feels felt all the feels so okay you guys both said that you want even more villains for beyond the spider-verse anything else on your wish list i would love to see more worlds if there's a chance okay i think i'm on board with that i i think they have shown through this movie they they can bring it they can bring these different settings like the one that he's in now is like that green background it kind of looks yes there's just fires everywhere helicopters like yeah looming and you're like okay it's it's like that's not a great place to go yeah but i could see from the very beginning maybe he getting rescued and they like jump to another dimension and i like Let's go to Spider Punks. Like I love his art style. I'm interested to see what if everything is like that. And then Miles Morales is kind of the contrast to that world. So like I would love to see that. Go to some of these other like people's homes, you know, just like to see what that looks like. Um, I I think it would be really cool. I, I would be down for that. Uh, I- a three hour runtime. Oh, that's what that's your request to get yeah, it all in, I mean, get it all beefy yeah in, in similar fashion right like obviously there won't be a fourth one or they haven't announced there'd be a fourth one but it seems like this will wrap up in this trilogy like make it as long as it needs to be like if if there needs to be slow parts like keep those in like don't care about the runtime like if this is a long movie like let it be long like it needs to like cover all the bases to like get that character development out the plot development out and also because right it is an ending and i think this is one of those stories where you know similar to right maybe not lord of the rings extended edition trilogy uh but it's earned its runtime i feel like a lot happens in these stories there's a lot of ground to cover and you know if they can get it done right without you know overworking by the animators part like keep everything in I love it. You know, the longer I can keep watching it, the better. Yeah. You know, Disney just released Avatar Way of the Water. And I was like over three hours long. So like we can do with a over three hour animated mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more interactions with uh, Mayday Parker and Miles because he never held the baby, you know. Or did he? I don't yeah. know. I don't remember him holding the baby. That honestly, though, that baby was hilarious like her little cap being her spider face and just like god there's just so many gems like i could go on and on but i should i should wrap it up are there any final words for this this peer review before i ask you for your final recommendation if it wasn't clear so this isn't the final recommendation no this is not the final there's any last minute notes that i didn't get to you didn't get to gush about nothing 
I mean, I could go on like the long, but I we mm-hmm. gotta we gotta keep it tight. So final recommendation. I am gonna wholeheartedly, with my body and soul, recommend you go see this movie. Go watch the first one. Go watch this one. Go watch the next one. Hundred percent recommend for me. Wow, that's ambitious. Even before the next one's out. Yeah, go watch it. I know in my heart. Uh, I recommend this for all ages. I think it doesn't really matter yes. your kind of background, or even if you don't care about Spider-Man. As long as I'd say, if you, as long as you don't, if you like a him, good story. Yeah, yeah. If you like a good story and you appreciate good animation, like this has it. And it doesn't matter how old you are, right? Because of the story, you know, I think it hits like all the bases. Like you could be you know, a Gwen or Miles age, right? Like you could be in your teen years and maybe this really touches base with you. You know, you have that, you know, girl you're crushing on, that boy you're crushing on, and maybe you can touch base, you know, connect with those characters there. Or maybe you can be, you know, someone like Miguel, you know, maybe you're older in life. Maybe you've lost a child, you know, heaven forbid that actually be the case, but maybe you feel some sort of connection on that level to say, right? Like you've gone through loss. And I think it, you know, it, it, runs the gamut of being able to connect to this because of how many different stories there are and the fact that they're all relatable and also it just being a good movie in terms of very quality production writing and everything so yes it's a recommend and i'm a third recommend like this is a great movie don't stick to the negatives stick to the positives we're all very positive on this thing and this is something where like i'm a big fan of superheroes even outside that, though, this is just a good movie. It's not a good superhero movie. It's not a good animated movie. It's a good movie. It stands up to any other movie that's coming out this summer. If you have a chance, go see it in theaters. And, you know, if you can get to, like, I don't know, an IMAX or something, I'm sure <gasps> that would be, Gosh, like, awesome. I can't, so like, yes. I didn't have that. If I could, I might do it, but I don't know if it's possible. Um... But yeah, go go watch it. It's great. It has a lot for everybody. Um, if you are a fan of superhero movies, even it's better. One of my favorites of all time. Like I, I think um, MCU is great, but I I definitely think that these movies have been better. And that's just my my thought on it. So if you like those, you're gonna love this and have fun. It's great. My new number one Spider-Man movie for my personal list. Well deserved. So this episode of Peer Review is here. If you want to check out any other episodes of Peer Review, you know, we talk about um, video games like God of War Ragnarok. We talk about other movies like Shang-Chi. We have a whole plethora of episodes there for you in our backlog. So please like and subscribe and, you know, keep up with our updates. We'll come out with a few more peer reviews hopefully this year about things that we've all experienced together so we can talk about it with you. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>